0: 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 1, and it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister, meaning a beautiful sister, whose name was Tamar, and Ammon, the son of David, loved her. Absalom and Tamar have the same mother, but Ammon has a different mother. Ammon and Absalom are half-brothers, but they're both chiefs in David's household, and they're both his sons. Absalom is the son of Makkah, who is David's fourth wife, after Abigail. And Ammon is the son of David's second wife, Ahinoam, who he got right after Michael. 2. And Ammon was so distressed that he fell sick because of his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin and it seemed hard to Ammon to do anything unto her. Ammon has demonic lust for his half-sister Tamar, and back then it wouldn't have been considered incest because since they are in a royal family, King David would have allowed them to get married if they wanted to get married. In God's law, it is incest if you have sex with your full-blood sister, but Tamar was a half-sister and they are in a royal household. so. All he needed to do was ask David to marry her. He has a demon, really, and he only wants sex. He doesn't want to marry her. He just wants to have sex with her. But because she's a virgin, nobody can touch her. 3. But Ammon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. Which means Jonadab knew how to manipulate and fool people. He's a friend of Ammon. both of these guys are no good. For and he said unto him, meaning Jonadab said to Ammon, Why, O son of the king, art thou thus becoming leaner from day to day, meaning that Ammon isn't eating? Wilt thou not tell me? And Ammon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. He doesn't love her at all. He is lusting after her. He doesn't know what love is. He just wants to use her but he misinterprets that as love. 5 And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and feign thyself sick, meaning pretend that you are sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, Let my sister Tamar come, I pray thee, and give me bread to eat, and dress the food in my sight, that I may see it, and eat it at her hand. Jonadab is telling Ammon, Pretend that you are sick, and when the king comes to find out what's wrong with you, tell him that you'll feel better if Tamar makes food for you in your chamber. Jonadab is having him imply that maybe there's something wrong with the food he ate before, and maybe she'll make a special meal that his stomach could handle, and he would trust her because she's his half-sister. 6 So Ammon lay down, and feigned himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Ammon said unto the king, Let my sister Tamar come, I pray thee, and make me a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat at her hand. Cake would be really easy to digest. 7 Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Ammon's house, and dress him food. He probably has a house within, it could just be like a quarter of the king's house that is considered his house. David is telling her to go there to make food for Ammon. 8. So Tamar went to her brother Ammon's house, and he was lying down, and she took dough and kneaded it and made cakes in his sight and did bake the cakes, just as her father told her to do. 9. And she took the pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat. These were griddle cakes, and she poured them out of the pan when they were fried. And Ammon said, Have out all men from me. And they went out every man from him. So he's getting rid of witnesses and anybody who could help Tamar. 10. And Ammon said unto Tamar, Bring the food into the chamber that I may eat of thy hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Ammon her brother. The chamber is his bedroom. 11. And when she had brought them near unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, Come lie with me, my sister. So he's trying to seduce her, but it's not going to work. 12. And she answered, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this wanton deed. Wanton is when you are just taking care of your own sensual urges. It's very selfish. And so she knows that he wants to rape her, and she's begging him not to do it. 13. And I, whither shall I carry my shame? And as for thee, thou wilt be as one of the base men in Israel. She's saying, if you rape me, I'll be ashamed for the rest of my life, and you'll make a bad reputation for yourself. Now therefore, I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Tamara's saying, why don't you just ask the king to marry me, and then there won't be any problem. But you see, Amon has lust for her. He doesn't love her at all. Marriage isn't of any interest to him. 14. Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than she, he forced her and lay with her. According to God's law, he should be stoned, because he raped a woman, even though she's his half-sister. He should be stoned. 15 Then Ammon hated her with exceeding great hatred. For the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Ammon said unto her, Arise, be gone. In reality, he never loved her at all. He only had a sexual erotic love for her. And after he raped her, that erotic thrill was gone because he wanted to rape somebody. And because she was beautiful, he wanted to rape her. He's a sexual deviant, so only rape is interesting to him. Marriage, romance, and actual love have no interest for him. He being a pervert, and now that she's already been raped, she's not interesting to him anymore. He would want to go rape some other virgin at this point. He's a rapist. That's what he is. Now he hates her because she reminds him of his crime. He's projecting what he should be feeling about himself onto her, and seeing her as the problem. So he's a narcissist and a rapist. I think Ammon was never told no as a child. He was probably spoiled terribly. And Ammon said unto her, Arise, be gone. So he's telling her to get lost. 16 And she said unto him, Not so, because this great wrong in putting me forth is worse than the other that thou didst unto me, but he would not hearken unto her. What she said is it's worse for you to kick me out now than it was for you to rape me in the first place because you could ask to marry me but the fact that you don't want to marry me after you already raped me is even worse than the rape itself and she is right because according to God's law. If you have sex with a virgin, and you're willing to marry her, you could pay her dowry to her father, and then go ahead and marry her, and then God would forgive your sin. So she's saying, you could actually cover this up by asking my father to forgive you, and asking to marry me. And then this could be erased. But he doesn't want to do that. He only wanted to rape her. He's a total rapist. 17. Then he called his servant and ministered unto him and said, Put now this woman out from me and bolt the door after me." He's telling one of his servants to manhandle her and kick her out, physically kick her out of his house and to lock her out. So he's treating her worse than a prostitute because you would pay a prostitute and she's getting absolutely nothing. He's treating her as if she's not even a human being. This is just beyond sick. He's a rapist, a narcissist, a woman hater. He's the worst kind of person you could think of, and he definitely deserves the death punishment. He deserves to be stoned. 18. Now she had a garment of many colors upon her, for with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins apparelled. She was dressed in bright colors, because she wasn't married yet. And his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. The servant obeyed the master, even though it was the wrong thing to do. 19 And Tamar put ashes on her head, and rent her garment of many colors that was on her, and she laid her hand on her head, and went her way crying aloud as she went. Like all the Israelites, when she's upset she cries very loudly. All of them do. Even Jesus did. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, believe me, the reason everybody knew he was crying was because it was loud. When Israelites cry. They make a big noise. And people in the Middle East still do today. If Muslims or Jews are crying in the Middle East, it will be loud. Everybody will know it. So she puts ashes on her head and tears her clothing to show that she's in mourning. She's lost her dignity. Now, if he is stoned and put to death, then she'll get her dignity back. 20. And Absalom, her brother, said unto her, Absalom is her fool brother. The whole family knew that she had gone to Amon's house to make a meal for him, so Absalom figured out that Amon must have raped her. And he said, Hath Amon thy brother been with thee? But now hold thy peace, my sister, he is thy brother. Take not this thing to heart. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. She's no longer a virgin. She doesn't want to stay with the other virgin daughters of King David because she's humiliated. So she goes to live in Absalom's house and he tells her to be quiet. Maybe this is because Absalom knows that King David would never have his own son stoned. So he doesn't want Tamar to talk about this. He wants as few people as possible to know what happened. But Absalom has a plan. 21 But when King David heard of all these things, he was very wroth. In other words, King David was angry. 22 And Absalom spoke unto Ammon neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amon because he had forced his sister to Mar. David is furious with Ammon. And Absalom hates Amon. He wishes him dead. But both of them are being quiet. Absalom is being quiet because it is not in his hands to do anything. And King David is sinning at this point. This is probably the one sin that David didn't repent of. David should have cast judgment and had his son stoned. That would have been the right thing to do. Then Tamar would have gotten her dignity back. Absalom wouldn't have been angry anymore. And they could have all moved forward with their lives and Tamar could have eventually married somebody else since her rapist was dead. This is probably a fault of King David that was never corrected. 23 And it came to pass after two full years that Absalom had sheep shearers in Baal Hazor, which is beside Ephraim, and Absalom invited all the king's sons. He's having a sheep shearing party, he's invited all of his brothers, including Amon, and he's using this as an excuse to invite Amon to his house. One of the reasons he wanted Tamar to be quiet was because he didn't want anybody to suspect him of hating Amon. He wants that to be kept quiet as well. 24 And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold now thy servant hath sheep shearers. Let the king, I pray thee, and his servants go with thy servant. 25. And the king said to Absalom, Nay, my son, let us not all go, lest we be burdensome unto thee. And he pressed him, howbeit he would not go, but blessed him. 26. Then said Absalom, If not, I pray thee, let my brother Amon go with us. And the king said unto him, Why should he go with thee? 27. But Absalom pressed him, and he let Amon and all the king's sons go with him. Absalom has invited David to go to the sheep shearing. And David said, Well, I don't really need to be there. It's your sheep. And then Absalom says, then let Amon go. And David says, why would you want Amon to go? Now David knows that Amon raped Absalom's sister, so David is already suspicious, but Absalom keeps begging and King David gives in and says, Okay, even though you might be suspicious, you wouldn't think that one of your children is going to kill your other child. Your mind doesn't go in that direction. King David didn't understand why Absalom would want to be with Amon, but he still would have never imagined that Absalom would want to kill Amon. 28 And Absalom commanded his servants, saying, Mark ye now, when Ammon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say unto you, Smite Ammon, then kill him. Fear not, have I not commanded you? Be courageous and valiant. Absalom can't get close enough to Ammon to kill him, but he, he tells his servants, When he's totally drunk, I want you guys to kill him, so that there won't be a fight. Don't worry, you won't get in trouble, I'll protect you. 29. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and every man got him up upon his mule and fled. When all the other brothers saw that Absalom had had Amon killed, they all left because they didn't know if he's going to kill more of them, and they also don't want to be a part of this ugly scene. 30 And it came to pass, while they were in the way, that the tidings came to David saying, Absalom hath slain all the king's sons, and there is not one of them left. Whoever is spreading the news is definitely gossiping and exaggerating, because now they are saying that all of the sons have died. It could be that when the other sons ran, that whoever was watching thought that they were running for their lives because they were getting chased, and then made the assumption that Absalom was going to chase all of them and kill all of them. Maybe that's how this rumor got started. But when the other sons ran, Absalom did not chase them, and he had no intention of killing any of the rest, only Amon. 31 Then the king arose and rent his garments and lay on the earth, and all his servants stood by with their clothes rent. King David thinks that all of his sons are dead, except for Absalom. 32 And Jonadab the son of Shimeah, David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lord suppose that they have killed all the young men, the king's sons, for Amon only is dead, for by the appointment of Absalom this hath been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. Jonadab, who is the evil man who gave Amon the idea of how to rape Tamar, he also understands that Amon is the only one dead, and he tells that to the king to comfort the king. 33 Now therefore let not my Lord, the king, take the thing to his heart, to think that all the king's sons are dead, for Ammon only is dead. So he believes he is giving good news to the king. 34 But Absalom fled, and the young men that kept the watch lifted up his eyes, and looked, and behold, there came much people in a roundabout way by the hillside. 35 And Jonadab said unto the king, Behold, the king's sons are come, as thy servant said, So it is. Absalom ran away because he knows he'll probably be in trouble for killing his brother, and all the other sons of the king came home to the king, and Jonadab says look they're coming home. 36 And it came to pass as soon as he had made an end of speaking, that behold the king's sons came and lifted up their voice and wept, and the king also and all his servants wept very sore. They're all weeping because Amon is dead and Absalom is the one who killed him. 37 But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Ammihud, king of Jeshur, and David mourned for his son every day. Absalom leaves the country and goes to stay with the king of Jeshur. This is a kingdom that had taken David in at one time when David was running from Saul, so it's a friendly kingdom. And David is mourning not only because Amon died, and most especially because he lost Absalom. Absalom has run away. Absalom was not a criminal until he killed Amon. But in an indirect way, Absalom did the right thing by having Amon killed. Amon should have been stoned to death on day one, and he was allowed to live all this time. 38 So Absalom fled and went to Jeshur and was there for three years. 39 And the soul of King David filled with longing for Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amon, seeing he was dead. This means that after a while, King David didn't long for Ammon anymore because he had a mourning process with Amon, And he went through the mourning, and when it was over, He wasn't depressed about Amon anymore, but he was still depressed about Absalom because Absalom was alive and he couldn't see his living son. And this is the beginning of a lot of trouble for King David. Remember God had prophesied in the last chapter that he would bring trouble into David's household. And this is how that trouble starts out. To clear up any confusion, I just want to go over the law again. raped. Tamar when she was a virgin. So according to God's law, if he paid her dowry and married her, then he could be forgiven, because she wasn't supposed to marry anyone else. If he had raped her when she was betrothed to another man, then automatically he would have had to be stoned. However, because he raped her when she was a virgin and not betrothed, he could have married her to make up for it. But because he refused to marry her, then the law would require that he be stoned. However, David never cast judgment on Amon and had him stoned. This could be partly because Amon's brothers and sisters would turn on David and get revenge, and then there would be a bunch of chaos in the kingdom with brothers and sisters killing each other. David could have not stoned Amon to avoid chaos, however it didn't avoid chaos because Tamar's brother still wanted revenge for his sister's sake, even though she was alive. That's how all of this started, and it will continue in the next chapter. And that concludes Second Samuel chapter 13.